Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. This episode will be a guiding principle study and commentary. The aim is to provide insight to and context of the material within our book, Guiding Principles. This is not a meeting of Narcotics Anonymous. However, there will be some similarities in how the study will be conducted. Each study will have the audio recorded and then published to the Anonymous Podcast. The overall goal is to provide commentary of the text towards reaching those seeking a resource like this. If one person benefits from our efforts, including us, then the participation will be well worth the effort. We'll have the introductions and then we'll jump into the text. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to um, Tradition 5, which is each group has but one primary purpose to carry the message to the addict who still suffers. Um, we're going to get started on page 87 on question 12. Um, before we do that, we're going to introduce ourselves. Uh, so I want you to tell us your name, where you're from, and your clean date, and where your home group is. Douglas. Hey, thanks, Donna. I'm Addict. Name's Douglas. Got clean March 12, 2000 in southwestern PA, and uh, currently stay in the Raleigh, North Carolina area now. Thanks. Thanks, Douglas. Chrissy D. Hey, family. I'm an addict called Chrissy D. I live in Albany, Georgia. My home group there seems to be this alternative, and my clean date is 11 7 15. Thanks. Hey, Will. Uh, Will, Addict. Uh, my clean date is uh, February 27th of 2013. My home groups are um, Monday Night Miracles in Meadville, Pennsylvania, and Clean and Free in Ashtabula, Ohio. Thanks, Will. Hey, Melissa. Hi, family. My name is Melissa, and I'm an addict. My clean date is May 21st, 2015, and my home groups are Spiritual Ninjas and Freedom to Change, and they can be found in Slidell, and Freedom to Change is also online every Monday at 7. Grateful to be here tonight. Thanks. Thanks, Melissa. Hey, Brooke. Hi, my name's Brooke T, and I live in, uh, I always want to say North Glen, Colorado, which is Denver, but anyway, and then uh, my clean date is 6-16-1997, and my home group is just can't miss it. Thanks, Brooke. Hey, Carl. Hey, y'all, I'm Carl, I'm an addict. Clean date's January 6, 2015, and I attend meetings all around the New Orleans area, and my home group is Open Mind. Thanks, Carl. Hi, Eric. Hey, I'm an addict. My name's Eric. I attend meetings in the Suncoast area of Florida. My home group is uh, Friday Night Clean in Bradenton, Florida. And my clean date is uh, September 16th, 2019. Thank you, Eric. Hey, Des. Hi, everybody. I'm an addict named Des. Um, I am from the Wisconsin region. My home group is We Choose to Live. It's a fully virtual meeting out of Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, where I live. And my clean date is July 24th of 1995. Thanks, Des. Hey, Phil. Uh, Phil M. Uh, my clean date is 4-1995. My home group is Men in Recovery in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I attend meetings in the Pittsburgh uh, area of Pennsylvania. Thank you. He's also known as Twinkle Toes Phil. Oh! <laughs> hey, Michelle. Oh, how do I follow that? <clears throat> I'm Michelle C. I live in uh, Bend, Oregon. Uh, my clean date is 8-13-92. And my home group is the Early Risers, which is seven days a week online. Thank you. 
And my name is Donna. I'm an addict out here in Eugene, Oregon. My clean date is Thanksgiving Day, 1985. Um, I attend meetings here in the Eugene area, Lane County, and my home group is Solutions for Living, 6 p.m. on Sundays. Come see us sometime. So uh, page 87, uh, question 12. Phil, you want to read that and share your experience, strength, and hope? Yes, I can. Um, okay, uh, question 12. What do I recognize as explorative behavior? Uh, what is my part in the sharing responsibility to keep NA a safe place for all? Um, okay, ex ex exploratory behavior is, is the... Uh, act of treating someone unfairly in order to benefit uh, from their work, uh, taking advantage of the action of making use and benefiting from. Um, uh, that goes on in Narcotics Anonymous. Um, newcomers are uh, old people, just, 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 uh, people period uh human ness uh it was going on um when i got here and to this present day those things just go on um in our fellowship um um for me i'm thankful for the steps and traditions um um it, that's a very delicate uh situation uh with 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 people um it's just something that just goes on uh, in narcotics anonymous um um and uh i do recognize it and uh like i says uh it's it's it still goes uh on uh today um you know uh uh i uh i'm very okay with with new people and new people together in our fellowship rehab lovers and all that kind of stuff i'm very cool with that uh our older members with new people uh, uh i frown upon that you know uh i'm um, one of the members uh uh pointing um always trying to point to the literature for solution and and to aim uh the literature and solution at at things when uh when i when i do see uh things uh, uh happen but 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 it 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 still goes on uh uh to this day and uh it got nothing to do with with uh race creed religion lack of religion what color you are this and that it just it just it just goes on uh, sexual identity whatever it just goes on in our our, our, our fellowship uh um um uh, i remember i remember when, when i when i when I, I i got here with 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 the old old men and women uh they would say joke, jokingly but but things would, would go on uh with the newcomers uh uh catch them fresh get them fresh 30 days and less and all this little craziness and uh and uh it was true it was just true with with things um what is my part in, in sharing responsibilities to keep in a, a safe place for all? Um, like I says, uh, I do point things uh, to the literature. Uh, I may um, 
address things with, um, you know, depending on how I, well I know the the people who's doing whatever they're doing, and um, um, to, to the sponsor and uh, this and that. Um, 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 even topics, even different topics um, uh, to bring up, um, uh, and even point pointing things um, in 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 the new literature of narcotics and all this, which I which I I, I love it. Uh, our our members will say there's no place in uh, the NA literature where it, it says uh, uh, not to be going with somebody for uh, a year. Well, the old literature um, says that. Uh, what I, I love about our, our new literature, I can point members to um, to Living Clean when it talks about um, relationships and early recovery, because it has a piece in there and, and it addresses that. And it goes on to explain what happens to your recovery when you do those kind of things. So um, like I said, I try to point people in the literature and uh, I don't like being in people's business and, and this and that, but but those things go on. And that's all I have. Thank you. Hey, Brooke. Thanks, Donna. Um, thanks, Phil, for uh, <laughs> starting off this fabulous topic. Um, so honestly, like, uh, I've been in meetings where they debate whether or not the 13th step even exists. So uh, I like the way this was phrased where it talks about, <clears throat> it's about the exploitation is what it is. Um, and um, for me, having been a newcomer, as most of us, I believe, were at one point, um, what we really need, what we really needed and what I, I try and do now is I just literally reach out to the newcomer <clears throat> and try and um, the women for me. Um, because what happens is, is a lot of these, um, we're going to call them unequal relationships happen because um, people are desperate. We came in here desperate. Um, and I remember when I was new, trying to speak to the women in this program. Um, and it took me a while to find the women in this program who wanted to speak back to me. So um, my goal is to make sure that that doesn't happen to other women. So when they're new, I make sure they have my phone number um, because that's what we can do is we can give people a choice. Uh, the reason that most of us ended up in, in, in our exploitive um, situations throughout our lives is because we didn't think we had a choice. Um, and so that, that's where, um, that, that is how I look at that. And that's, I mean, it speaks to the, how do we keep this fellowship safe? Um, and, I, and, and I'm very clear in meetings. I'm like, you will find what you look for in these meetings. If you want to be um, a victim again, over and over again, you can have that here. <laughs> you can be, uh, I mean, it, it, it really is, it's, or the other way around, if you wanna continue to be a predator, um, we don't necessarily have, we're not here to stop people from doing that stuff. We're here to give people a choice. And so that's, and that's exactly where I'm at with that is I just wanna make sure that every woman that comes, comes within, um, it comes into a meeting with me has the opportunity to choose how she wants to experience her first year of recovery. Um, and uh, I'm also not a big fan of shame. So there's a, a, and I got a text, I kid you not, last night from a friend of mine who was like, 
there's this really cute newcomer and I know it's wrong, but what do I do? <laughs> you know? She's like, and I, I appreciate she's like, I'm struggling. And I'm like, and the, one of the things that I'm thinking about with that is, um, it's not even about whether it's right or wrong. It's about that equality in relationship. Is this person somebody you actually think you can be in a healthy relationship with? Um, and that that's the kind of, however people define that. Um, and that's usually what has happened to me because I was single in this fellowship for a long time. There are lots of very attractive people who are um, not necessarily healthy for me to be with and, and for various reasons. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, and that's, and that's it. Like that's, that's where that comes from. And, and I've, I've made mistakes too and all that kind of stuff. But, um, but yeah, ex exploitation is, um, is something that we do have to guard against because that's kind of where we came from. So that's all I have. Thanks. Thanks. I'm gonna I'm gonna speak to this a little bit. You know, we talk about and needing to be careful in the areas of money, property, and prestige. I think anything that is about power um, is something that we can that we can um, run into trouble with. And and um, Phil talked about it being part of our fellowship, but but he also talked about it being part of our humanness, right? Anything that can happen out there in the world can happen anywhere, right? And we are a microcosm of the world within our meetings, right? And so I just want to, you know, be clear to anybody's listening. I mean, if you come in here with this, you know, with your... Um, you know, your, what do you call them, the rose colored glasses on, and you think everything's going to be perfect in here and everybody's going to behave perfectly, you're, you're going to get shattered with that, right? And, um, and I, and I was, you know, uh, by a few times when people behaved badly, and, and somebody grabbed my ass or whatever, so I was just so shocked that somebody could behave like that would, somebody who I didn't want to grab my ass would grab my ass. Let's, let's do that differently. Right. And, um, and uh, I think that the, the other piece too is um, uh, when we think in terms of exploitation, we're talking about um, things that are, uh, are things that, that are from the gratification of only one person in this, in this um, uh, dynamic. Right. And, and the other thing is that it tends to be a pattern with folks, right? So my, so when it talks about what our responsibility is as uh, members of NA is if we see this as a pattern uh, and we have a responsibility to protect um, our members. And I, I don't know if you guys have done any, um, I've done a few trainings for in the community for when we see people being bullied in the community or racism and those kinds of things. And it's less about confronting it directly. And it's more about what Brooke just said is like engaging with the person, the other person, not the person that's doing the bullying, not the person that's doing the exploiting, but the other person is like, engaging with them, giving, talking to them, giving them a choice, giving them my phone number, making sure that they know that there are people here who are going to treat them differently than that and that they have a choice, you know, and, um, you know, some people have a fairly hard line. It's like, yeah, they've been through worse out there. There's nothing going on in here. They're not expecting so They're coming here and expecting to be safe. They're, or they're coming here and needing to be safe. Right. And that's not always the way it is. And we can survive that too. And we can stay clean in spite of that too. Um, but it's still a responsibility, you know, to help that happen as soon as possible. So 
Uh, Will's got his hand up. Yeah, I'll be real quick. Will Attic. Um, so as part, part of the responsibility, like it's it's nice to to be politically correct and have kid gloves on and treat everybody well, but I'm I'm gonna be honest, I'm not above if especially if you're in my sponsorship family or if you're in my home group or in and you're trying to exploit someone, whether it be money, sex, whatever it might be, like I'll 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 confront you straight up, not not necessarily interrupt the meeting, but after the meeting, like, hey, listen, that's not what we do here, and you know better. Or if you don't know better, I'll tell you why it's not what we do here. Um, and uh, you know, it was done to me that way. It really was. And you know, I was never, I never felt like anyone was accosting me or anything like that. Like, it, you need to learn something. You need to learn something, um, especially with the male female role. Like, it's a. Uh, I come from a pretty small town, so really, if you're a man in the rooms in some way or another, we're we're pretty close connected. Um, yeah, I have no, no problem at all being like, you, you know, better, like we're not doing this. This isn't happening. Um, on the flip side, like I've had a couple other experiences. Like I had a sponsor just recently to come back to the rooms and like, I know he's not working. doesn't have a lot of money through like $30 in the basket. And I was like, that's don't, you don't need to do that. Like, listen, stop. Like you need money. <laughs> give the group a dollar. You know, if you really want to give them money, go buy some literature. Cause you need some of that too. Like there's, there's other ways, like it's, you know, just feeling like, oh, I need to, to give more or, or do something like that. Like I, I, as, as people with some time, like I think it's important that we talk to people about that stuff um, and not just comment on in the meeting, which I will do. Like obviously when I comment, if there are newcomers, I, I try to cover some newcomer bases, but like one-on-one -on -one work at the meeting, after the meeting, I think uh, is one really great uh, conduit for that. That's all I got. Thanks. Yeah. Hard to buy our, buy our recovery, right? Yep. Okay, should we move on? Okay, I believe Eric was going to read question 13 and comment. All right. In what ways can I best carry the NA message? What is my experience with doing a 12-step call? What message do I carry as a sponsor and a sponsee? What does the saying, carry the message, not the addict, mean to me? Uh, in what ways can I best carry the NA message? Well, hopefully by living this, you know, by living this stuff is the best way. And, uh, you know, when I share, I tend to tell a shortened version of my story and what that was like, man, trying to get and stay clean uh, without N.A. And then what that was like, you know, N.A. works for me and what that whole uh, process was like and like what what I've done, you know, and, and my story involves several relapses, you know, I came in with very little willingness a lot of desperation, very little willingness, you know, and through uh, practicing some of the, you know, taking some of the suggestions and going back out, you know, experiencing some recovery, relapsing, coming back, like that willingness grew, you know, and um, what was my experience of doing a 12-step call? I've done a couple. One of them was really terrible. I was newly clean. We were in a halfway house, and a friend of mine lived in another halfway house, and uh, he called us. He was fucked up, and uh, me and my friend went together to get him out of his house and bring him to a meeting. I'm still not sure to this day if that was the best idea or not, but it ended up being okay, but it was like, it was really a, a jarring experience. And we were so freshly clean, we probably should have called somebody. The best we thing we did was we went together. At least we went together, you know? And I've had a couple of experiences since then. One time uh, a friend of mine called, his girlfriend had left some shit in his car and he didn't want to go into it himself. And we went and got that out of there and went to a meeting. Um, and I've also been on them myself, you know, I chair the phone line in my area and I got a call from a guy that was in the hospital and I happened to be off work and I had like an hour free and I went and talked to this guy and I called my sponsor. I tried to call him first, but he didn't answer. I, I 
called him after I left. I said, you're not supposed to do that stuff alone. I'm like, well, I wasn't in any danger, you know? So it's not only about being in danger, you know, like something could be said, you know, you could be accused of something. It's always just best to bring somebody else with you. Um, you know, and like when he told me that I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't very open-minded to that. I'm like, whatever, I'm fine. You know, but the truth <laughs> is like, the truth is like the longer I stick around here, the more, um, the more I see the value of uh, prudence and uh, patience and safety, you know, and erring on the side of caution instead of taking uh, risks, even though those things that I might not have seen as risks, you know what I mean? Like I, uh, my perspective changes a little bit as I'm around here a while long. So, I, you know, early on, it's like everybody needs to get this thing today. Like I've got to, um, I've got to practice principles, you know what I mean? And, and not just throw those aside to try to get the end goal. You know, it's important how we get there as important as where we're going uh, to me. What message do I carry as a sponsor and a sponsee? As a sponsor, um, trust. You could trust me. You could trust me not to tell your shit to anybody else. Um, willingness, man. I bring willingness to the table, man. I'll meet you halfway. You know what I mean? If you're willing, I'm willing. Um, you know, like, and then you can be whoever you are, man. You don't have to. You know, you can be emotional. You can be wh whoever you are with me, man. You don't have to try to impress me. What impresses me is courage, honesty, and willingness, man. Those are the things that impress me, not any kind of, like, uh, ego stuff. And as a sponsor, we're okay. Like, uh, honesty, man. I've never lied to my sponsor, man. You know, I, I won't lie to my sponsor. That's about, to me, that's, like, the most respectful thing I can do, man. Because uh, I think dishonesty is uh, basically disrespectful. What is the saying? Carry the message, not the attic mean to me. Um, you know, if you want to do what we do, come on. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to, um, you know, I'm not going to come off a bunch of money for you or drag you around or try to, um, you know, I, I will drive somebody to detox. Um, but, like, I'm not going to go pay your rent or all these other crazy things, man, like, I don't know how to uh, articulate this better, but, you know, and that's come through the process, learning this stuff too, man. And like the way I would, the things I would go through early on trying to help somebody get clean that probably didn't even really want to get clean, you know? And, uh, well, I don't know. That's not for me to judge, but I was willing to take a lot more risks and do a lot more crazy shit that brought me out of the routine that I was trying to get into, which is going to meetings and talking to people who are in recovery, like doing all this crazy outside shit. I'm just not so willing to do today. You know what I mean? Like, want to go to rehab? Cool. You want to go to a meeting? Cool. And I answer the phone. Other than that, like, not much else going on. That's it for me. Thank you. Anybody else want to speak to this? I think it takes a, uh, it's really, um, uh, uh, it takes a real skill. It's a real uh, calling to speak to people who are still using um, different than talking to people who are coming into meetings who have surrendered and they're there and they're ready to do something different. Right. And, and, and it's really different than that 12 step call where people are still loaded or maybe they still have a bottle in the fridge or there might be something sitting there on the table. You know, it's a real, it's a real different thing, you know, and uh, that's part of the reason to never go alone. You know, um, we've all heard before that um, that newcomer will take you out a lot quicker than uh, and then you can hurt them. They can hurt you a lot faster, too. So you got to be real careful about that stuff. 
Phil and then Michelle. Wow, uh, uh, that, that was uh, a bunch of good sentences, but there's two that I want to elaborate on uh, real, real quickly. Um, uh, what message do I carry as a um, sponsor and a sponsee? It was just so ironic um, last week at, at the men's meeting, there was, there was four people in four generations of my uh, sponsorship family at, at the meeting and somebody new was in, in a whole lot of despair came into the meeting that needed uh, help. And uh, I just thought it was so cool, the members of my sponsorship family all collectively coming together uh, uh, um, making sure this person was safe, getting him something to eat before um, we got him down to the uh, crisis center. But it was it was still that uh, just making sure he gets somewhere safe just for the day, and um, um, and that was what sponsor sponsees, grand sponsees, a whole bunch of us are uh, doing that. But mm -hmm. uh, but I do like the. Um, last question what does carrying the message uh not the addict mean to me to me that is uh um uh, i i do love a lot of people in our uh, fellowship and people and things like that and uh 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 i wish uh, everybody could uh get and do this program um but what it really means to 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 me is i i really can't do the work for um, anybody else and I, I can't recover for for anybody else as much as uh, I would want to you know um, um, you can um, uh, for me I, I can I can talk uh, to the sponsors to, to to try to get them to do step work and um, and them and and knowing me knowing how important uh, it is to do step work and to recover and to stay clean in that, and if they don't, they don't want, want, want to do it. It's like, 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 uh, oh, well, and, uh, and my prayer is them not suffer consequences, but, um, it is what it is with our, uh, our, pro our program. If you want what we, uh, we have to offer, you're ready to do certain steps that make our recovery possible. That's all I have. Thanks, Phil. Hey, Michelle. Hey, um, <clears throat> so this one, this one hits close to home for me when I, uh, came into the program, uh, I called the hotline and uh, somebody else was talking about the hotline earlier. And um, you know, I had a woman who sat with me on the phone in the middle of the night while I was uh, wasted and talked to me and agreed to meet me at a meeting. And uh, you know, that, that experience really stayed with me. Um, you know, somebody being willing to, to answer a phone and, and show up in that way and I'm sure I made no sense. I mean, I don't really remember much about the conversation. Somehow I remembered that we were going to meet on a Friday night and go to a meeting. Um, but, you know, I don't, I don't remember much else um, about the conversation, obviously. Um, and so that's, that's always been a way that, that I've chosen to give back in service throughout my recovery is, is to be on the hotline. Um, and, you know, the saying carrying the message, not the addict, um, you know, I, I've, I've watched a lot of people over the years who hear somebody that got loaded, gets in their car and drives to their house. 
to me, that's, that's not carrying the message, right? That's uh, trying to rescue somebody. And, um, you know, um, it's really hard to watch people that we build relationships with around here uh, get loaded, right? I mean, especially people who've, who've been clean for a while, we build relationships, maybe we're sponsoring them and, uh, and, and they choose to get loaded and maybe they're out on a run. And, um, you know, I've had to learn over the years that, that to me, I can carry the message because until they're ready, it doesn't make a difference, right? If I show up at their door, it, does, it doesn't really, most likely isn't going to make a difference. Um, so I really uh, put my cape away a long time ago. And uh, today I let people know that I love them, that I'm here for them, that when they're ready, I'm ready. Um, you know, I had a sponsee. I used to, when I'd go to our home group, I'd send her a picture of the chair next to me. I'd text it to her to tell her that I missed her and her seat was waiting for her when she was ready. And now she's back in her seat, you know? Uh, and she tells me that that was a, a really, it, it hit her every time. Like, okay, what am I doing? Um, you know, um, but, but I just don't feel the need anymore to rescue people. Um, I know that this is a, a recovery works when we're willing. And that's, that's my personal experience with it. Thanks, Michelle. Anyone else? Okay, let's move on to question 14. And Des is going to take this one. All right. Uh, how does this tradition help me understand anonymity? And what, or how does anonymity help me understand this tradition? And how do I practice anonymity in terms of this tradition? So um, the thing that I think about is the tradition says each group has but one primary purpose to carry the message to the addict who still suffers. And I think the best example of anonymity in this tradition is it's not about what Des believes, it's about what NA believes, you know, what NA teaches me and teaches all of us. So um, when there's behaviors going on, even when I've engaged in behaviors, it's not like I shouldn't do them because, you know, somebody told me it's because Narcotics Anonymous directed me, you know, it, it's the entire group of us. And that removes um, myself from the equation. I become a, a group of addicts instead. And, and I, I think that's more important. So, um, so the tradition helps me understand anonymity because it reminds me it's about the group. It's not about me. I mean, that's the, the bottom line for that. And then anonymity helping me understand this tradition is that when I, when I speak, when I am uh, representing Narcotics Anonymous, when I'm sitting in a meeting, when I'm talking to somebody new, I'm, I'm not just talking about myself. I'm talking about something that has saved, you know, so many people and um, continues to do that. And it's very sacred to me, you know, NA is very sacred to me. And it's very important to make sure that um, I'm honoring that in the way that I'm acting and and being around others. And uh, as far as practicing anonymity in terms of this tradition, um, I don't know, it seems like every one of these, these uh, questions in this guiding principles has this similar question that it kind of ties in anonymity all, all over, which I think is really important. But um, I, I do wanna say in this tradition, um, the terms of anonymity are that uh, it's the group you know, the group removes my own opinion from that. Like, like I belong to a home group um, today. Um, I belong to that home group for uh, 
oh gosh, like seven years, I think. And when I started that home group, we were meeting in a, in a clubhouse here in my town because we were the first or the, I don't want to say the first, but we were the current Narcotics Anonymous meeting that was allowed to meet in that clubhouse that had other fellowships meeting there. And we chose to have that place as our place to meet because we wanted to represent Narcotics Anonymous so people could find NA if they needed to. And, um, and that was a group decision. And I don't know that I was always on board with it because sometimes it was uncomfortable. Like they would take our stuff and put it in a room and hide it, shut the door. They wouldn't let it out there all the time. Today, our stuff is out all the time. That's pretty cool. You know, my group doesn't meet there anymore. There's other groups that meet there. We're completely virtual. But um, the, the whole thing is that it wasn't like I went in and said to the club, I want NA to have a presence there. It was my home group that went in. And, and we didn't even say we want NA to have a presence there. We said, thank you for letting NA meet here. We appreciate you giving us this space. And then the example of what the NA meeting did and continues to do allowed us to have a presence there. And I think that speaks volumes because it's not about, um, hello, this is who we are. We just are who we are. And that speaks for itself when we're truly carrying the NA message. So that's my answer. Thank you. Thank you. Chrissy, are you trying to raise your hand? Um, you know, I was thinking about, um, like, I, it didn't occur to me, like, why the uh, question about exploitive behavior was in here about with this um, tradition, but because a group only has one purpose, right, is to carry the message to the addict who still suffers, right? And so if we see the purpose if the group is being used for something else by somebody else for some other reason we have a platform to come to say that's not what we do here this is what we do here we have one primary purpose to carry the message of recovery to the addict who still suffers anyway that was my brain fart go ahead chrissy thank you uh i'm an addict called chrissy um i really like this question i really like like des said like anonymity appears in all of them right because it's really important um and it talks about like uh how does this tradition help me understand anonymity it's my primary purpose right like i don't get to decide who hears the message i'm just supposed to carry that message right and one of my favorite definitions of anonymity is it allows us to experience equality um and um it talks about that in the 12th tradition and uh and then the other part about it's uh, like, how does anonymity help me understand this tradition? It's like, like I said, like, I, I don't get to decide who hears it. And I don't get to decide what that person does to experience it. So like, if I come in and, or they come in and are, uh, we don't work the steps the same. We, we, we don't do uh, the gods the same. We don't have the same sponsors, the same home groups. That's okay we're here for that primary purpose. And like this week, I really got a very profound lesson in anonymity is because my, my daughter asked me, she looked at me, she said, mom, I, I, I see that these meetings have really helped you. And she was like, I know that I don't want to be an addict, but can I please come to a meeting with you? So I know where to go when I get help, I can get help. And that was very profound to me. But in that very moment, I had to realize it kicked in about that anonymity is I can no longer see her in a meeting as my daughter. I would have to see her just like one of us. 
and it's no bigger or less than just because she's my daughter. I would have to treat her just like one of us. And if her path doesn't look like my path, I can't be like, oh, well, that doesn't work. You know, I can only speak to, and it talked about how do I carry the message in the last question. I can only speak to what worked for me. I can't, I can't embellish, and it talks about in our step work, do we embellish the truth? I can't come in here and say, I went to detox and that worked for me because that's not my story. So like, I can only speak from what works for me and and how I got here. And like somebody reached on, to, uh, spoke on it last week, talk about w- what it was like, what I did to change it and what it's like now. And that's the simple of the anonymity for me today. And just uh, allows me to practice equality with each of my fellow members that all because your experience is different doesn't mean it doesn't work. And that's all I have. Thank you, Chrissy. Anyone else? Okay, Douglas is going to take 15. All right, question 15. Describe any bridges between this tradition and one or more of the 12 steps. And then the second part, what do these bridges teach me about my recovery? I right, so part one, the bridge, I think it was pretty obvious for me, is with step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, tried to carry this message to addicts and practice these principles in all our affairs. And, um, and why I think that bridge, why, why it stands out, like it, in the sixth edition at the bottom of page 49, it says the message, however, is meaningless unless we live it. And so the connection piece there is if I am part of a group um, and, I'm, and I'm part of that primary purpose, carrying the message to, to addicts um, allows me to, to be engaged, living it out. So I thought that was the bridge. And then what do these bridges teach me about my recovery? Yeah, um, that that in the same spirit of um, I don't get to pick and or I should not pick and choose what addict hears my message and what addict I carry the message to should be willing. And I say should because I don't know. I, mean, I think I do a pretty good job of when it becomes the individual addict. Um, I'm willing to help whoever and whenever. You know, I, I really don't have an issue with that. But the bridge piece that I'm that I'm looking, you know, to the, the connection and where I fall short is in that same spirit. I don't have that same openness to go to and participate in in, in meetings um, that that I just don't don't like, quite frankly. And so like the parallel there, I feel like it should be I'm willing to carry the message to an addict who needs help. Fine. I probably should be willing to go to any meeting to. And, uh, and, and one quick, you know, example, a guy, you know, he was on, on the study for a while, you know, he got about a month, he got, he got 30 days this past week. And, um, and so we went, you know, we went to this meeting and, um, and, it, and it has like a kind of like a name, you know, people call the meeting. And it's like, if my, if my like political ideology is one way, this is the exact opposite. You know, if I think this about something, this meeting is the exact opposite. It's like, there's a very difference of kind of like the flow of that meeting than what how I kind of how I am but we went there you know and I sat there and I could feel myself you know I didn't share it and I wasn't engaged well you know and I was kind of just trying to be present but the the narrative that was going on my mind is man I don't fucking want to be here and if it wasn't for him needing to go to a meeting and us breaking bread you know I want to fucking be here you know and so what I I guess the, the point I'm making is that is there's probably a lot of room for me to grow in that area of carry the, carry the message to the addict who, who wants to hear it. I'm good with participating in a group whose primary purpose, I mean, that group's primary purpose was clear. There was a message carried there. 
but I bring all that shit in there and, and I think I could let go of that and, and it would probably serve me well. So, um, so those are going to be my comments on, on 15. I'll pass. Thank you. Hey, Carl. Hey, yeah, uh, just, um, I don't know. It made me think of my first experience with the fifth step and I don't know if it's in the literature or not, but I definitely had the experience of, it was the first time I started to really learn how to communicate. I mean, I've never been, you know, up until this point, I was never a good communicator at all. And I have fond memories of my sponsor just saying, just read what you wrote, just read what you wrote. Because, and I see it with sponsees all the time, you know, it's like you start to work a step, you know, and they want to lift their head up and start talking and trying to finagle their way out of like basically reading what we wrote because we don't want to be fully honest and so it's like this piece of me that it made me think of that time of like it was the beginning of honest communication you know and, and that that's a piece for me is you know like when I reflect on carrying a message um, you know there's a study that that shows that our words are only like seven percent of what we communicate or how we communicate and the rest is tone and body language. So the really neat part of that is like, how am I actually communicating? And, you know, like Douglas was really kind of hitting on that, that 12 step. And that's, I think to me is the biggest piece of it all is, is the, you know, having had a spiritual awakening and, and, um, as that awakening continues to grow, I become more aware and I become better at communicating. You know, I've recently been reading a book about communications and uh, safety and being a safe person and, and uh, creating an atmosphere for people to share. And um, I don't know, but that, it just made me think of that fifth step and like the beginning of a greater understanding of communication, because like, what am I really wanting to carry? You know, what am I wanting to communicate? Because it ain't with words. You know what I'm saying? So thanks for letting me share. I think that's really good, Carl, because that, that addict who still suffers isn't necessarily the one who's still using, right? The addict who still suffers is a lot of times the people in the rooms who are just suffering for lots of reasons. I go to meetings still today and I'm suffering from codependency or financial instability or my feelings got hurt or whatever, you know, just life. Right. And so you guys carry the message to me a lot by just loving on me. Uh, Phil and then Will. Wow. You know, it was talking about uh, uh, one or more of, uh, of the 12 steps. Uh, for, for, for me, um, I, I got to look like at the first step and then like blend, blend the rest of the steps. Uh, into that is how does anonymity help me un understand uh, this tradition and uh, uh, practice anonymity in, in, in turn in well I'm, I'm sorry the bridge I'm sorry the bridges uh, that uh, that uh, teach me about recovery and it's the bridges with the the steps and traditions steps and traditions are married so so with that, it's that back and forth between the all 12 of the steps 
and the um, Charles traditions. But but with the the common welfare, it's it's still things that belong to to all in the group, which is our steps, and uh, that's how the individual recovers with the uh, twelve steps. But being married to the t- traditions with that uh, anonymity piece, we're all equal. And then with the um, primary purpose, that's a, that, that's that's a first, and it, and it, it, it's it's a it's a it's a must thing too. Even with with, with must with that uh, primary purpose, when you get into uh, other parts of um, Narcotics Anonymous, uh, uh, and primary is, is 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 what it is. It's it it's it's first, but the bridges, the back and forth thing, the traveling thing will be for me will be all 12 of those steps. And um, uh, likewise with the uh, traditional suit because they're all married. That's all I got. Thanks, Bill. Juan, Will? Hi, Will, Attic. Um, so my answer, the first answer I have was step one was a bridge I saw um, just because in order to be here to, to carry a message to somebody, I have to be an addict. You know, it's not professionals or anybody in here teaching anybody. So that one, and then I jumped to step 12 as well. Um, the second part of the question, um, what do these bridges teach me about my recovery? And they teach me that I have to continue to work the 12 steps to, to, to give that experience out. Um, I, I say a lot in here, just if you've heard me share something before, then you hear me share the opposite or something later, it doesn't mean I'm lying. It just means I've continued to grow and I keep to work these things. Um, I've had the unfortunate experience of having somebody say something I go where would you come up with an idea like that and like, you told me that five years ago and I'm like well listen five years ago I was a little more fucked up than I am right now <laughs> you know so to be able to correct myself on down the road and as a group like we need to have our collective experience and our experience isn't just at going to work and, and paying bills like it's my experience and working the 12 steps and staying clean through things so um first and foremost like I have to continue on like I have to keep working these steps and keep sharing like where I've gone, hey, guys, I know I shared this a while ago, but I just came to find out, you know, that hurt. Don't do that. Or, you know, go ahead. It helped me for a time. So, but um, what it teaches me about my recovery is, like, listen, I'm growing through things, too. Thanks, Will. Hey, Melissa. Yeah, so I really have enjoyed listening to you know, all the connections that we're making with this tradition. So for me, I, I think of step three, you know, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Cause like, you know, I feel like my purpose in NA that I've been given by being given a second chance at life here is to carry the message, you know? So mm-hmm. And I have to like make a decision to do that. Just like I have to make the decision to carry the message to the addict who still suffers. I have to make the decision to be willing to listen and look for the person that is suffering. Cause like it's been said on here, you know, it's not always the the newcomer walking in the door, you know? And, and furthermore, like sometimes I'm that person suffering. I have to make the decision to say, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm having a hard time. So, but yeah, that, that to me that was just like such a a clear parallel because and like I love the part like the care of right so you know I can't care for everybody but Narcotics Anonymous can so by sharing my experience strength and hope I can like share what that's been like for me and my experiences with things and you know maybe other people can 
you know, find hope in Narcotics Anonymous and, you know, learn solutions for life. And, you know, I just think it's really beautiful we have to give each other here. So that's all I got. Thank you. Anything else on that one? Okay, on to 16, which uh, Michelle has agreed to read for us and share. All right. Uh, what more can I do to put the principles of this tradition into action? How would applying this tradition change my attitudes and actions? Um, you know, I, when I was, I was sitting here thinking about this and um, I feel like the, the key thing is that, that I could do differently in my own life right now is, um, you know, showing up for more meetings, um, you know, and, and, you know, right, right now I'm, I'm pretty much on my home group every day. Don't hit a lot of other meetings, maybe go to one in-person meeting twice a month. But, um, so when I think about the principles of this tradition and, and showing up and carrying the message to the addict who still suffers, um, you know, that's an area that, that I could see where I could put more action in. Um, and, and as well in, in groups that, you know, if there's, um, if I'm participating regularly in a group and I see that it's not carrying the message well to, you know, participate in their home group and, and make some, um, observations and, and, um, inquire whether or not they've, they've, uh, you know, done a group inventory and and looked at whether or not they're they're carrying you know doing what they can to carry the message, um, and somebody else was talking about this a little bit earlier when it talks about attitudes and actions. You know, I can um, I can easily be in a meeting and feeling like uh, I don't want to be there. Right, like <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing here for me, or um, just having that, like, man, after three decades, I've gone to a lot of meetings, um, but but I know that if people hadn't have been there for me when I walked in the rooms, if the doors hadn't have been open, if people hadn't have been um, loving and honest and open and welcoming and um, practicing this tradition when I got here 30 years ago, I may not be here today, right? Um, so the importance to me of continuing to like shift that attitude when I get in that place of there's nothing here for me uh, to there's something for me to give here, you know, into, into that action phase um, of giving versus looking to receive at this point in my recovery. Um, and knowing that I have people and places that I can go to, to, to receive today. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but, um, but those are the key things when I, you know, I really kind of ask the question to myself personally, like, what do I need to change today? What am I not doing? The biggest thing I'm not doing today is showing up at enough in-person meetings in my area, right? Uh, I live in a small area and, uh, there's not a lot of people with long-term clean time and, uh, you know, I I don't show up for a lot of those meetings, so that's that's definitely one way I can I can look at uh, putting this tradition tradition into action in my life. Thanks, Michelle. I think you're 
being kind of hard on yourself there. Um, back on 83, it uh, said, talks about the spiritual principles of this, um, of this uh, tradition. It says integrity, commitment, open-mindedness, vigilance, hope, responsibility, empathy, surrender, passion, unity, service, fidelity, compassion, anonymity, purpose, consistency, and security. Those are the some of the ones that they identified earlier. I think for me too, it's a matter of being more involved in my home group. You know, I've, we've been talking about in my home group about like, what can we do to make sure that more um, newcomers are showing up. So we're getting kind of a reputation in my home, in my area as being that place where like, if you want to go and find some old timers, some people with some real recovery, like that's the meeting you go to. Right. And so if you're a person with, you know, like not a lot of clean time, you walk in and you're going to be in the minority, really in the minority. Right. And so I've been really trying to talk to my group about like, what can we do about that? Because we want people to come to the meeting that are seeking recovery. We want to be able to, we want to be able to give away what we've been given, right? Because we get stagnant, that can stagnate really fast. Anybody? Oh, Des has got her hand up. Sorry for me to see your hand there, Des. Oh, you're cool. Thank you so much for uh, everything that's been said. Um, I just wanted to speak to this. I'm on the same track as um, Michelle in that I feel like what more can I do? I mean, the, the biggest thing that I can do and for myself, for my journey, I have, I made a conscious choice not to um, attend face-to-face -face meetings for quite some time now. And, um, but that doesn't mean I stopped going to meetings, right? Like I got involved in meetings however I could, where I could, and uh, this weekend I'll be um, attending an NA camp out, which I haven't gone to an NA camp out since 2019, man, you know, and I used to go all the time and I'll be attending and I really didn't want to go. And, and when the person called me to ask me if I would be the Saturday night speaker, um, I was like, well, uh, and I didn't know how to say yes. I didn't know how to agree to show up for something like that because I feel like um, there's a part of me that's that's been a little uh, careful, a little cautious. And I've been watching, you know, what more can I do to put the principles of this tradition into action? And then I read in here, it says, we are always examples of recovery in action, whether we mean to be or not. And I, I know for me, um, one of the things that I did as an example, and I've had many, 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 and I'm, I'm not saying many to be dramatic, but I've had a lot of people reach out to me and, say, and thank me for continuing to not uh, fast forward into face-to-face -face meetings at this time, because there's choices, like I've made a conscious choice and um, and I'm still being very careful. And I think the hardest thing for me right now is I'm not hugging yet. You know, I, I'm fist bumping and that's weird for me because I grew up in a fellowship where we hug and, you know, we connect with that. And, and I've heard the things I've heard, you know, oh, Des, are you really in recovery if you're not getting hugs? Yeah, I am. Guess what, motherfucker? I'm still clean. 
and and I might not be getting hugs, but I'm still clean and I haven't got this thing that's going around yet and I'm doing my best to avoid it because I have some other issues that could harm me and and I know that and um and and the thing that that I could do more of um you know applying this tradition change my attitudes and actions and and I want to talk about that because when I applied this tradition in my life how I was living my life since um March of 2020 it changed my attitudes and actions. It made me become present in the groups I was attending, the groups that were in my boundaries to attend in my safe zone. It made me um, become a participant where I was at. And I was able to get involved on the level that I was the most comfortable with, you know, and will I continue to do that? Absolutely. And are the meetings in my, in my little town small right now, and there's not a lot of people at them? Sure. But everybody knows, and I've made it a point to let people know, you can call me. It's summer now in Wisconsin. I have a beautiful backyard. We can social distance like like uh, champions in my backyard. Come on over and we'll hang out. You know, I'm still not going to hug you, but you could come over and we'll talk about recovery, you know, and that's okay. And I've had some people come over and do that. And I'm really grateful that I've been able to speak to what I've been comfortable with. And I think that's where this tradition helps me to be able to stand in my truth and say, this is what I need. And without, without being preachy, I guess, if that makes sense. So that's what I wanted to share. Thank you. Thank you, Des and Phil. I'll be real quick. Um, when, uh, when you went over the um, spiritual principles, uh, you shook something um, loose in me. And I got to remember today, that was one of the things I was elaborating on was, um, was the primary purpose in in my must meeting on Tuesday. I do with my um, sponsee uh, every Tuesday. We have our must meeting. And one of the things, uh, two, as a matter of fact, there's two things in the spiritual principles that you kicked out of there and that we were, I was elaborating with him, with, with, the, uh, with the must, and the must was one of our concepts, but responsibility is in there and purpose is in there. And uh, it is the our primary purpose, but the, it was the concept that uh, we was going over that has uh, the must in it, and uh, that would be be concept number uh, eleven. And a funds are to be um, used to further our primary purpose, and must be managed responsibly. So that just kicked all the things. Um, up and me with the primary purpose, response, responsibility, and having purpose in, uh, in Narcotics Anonymous. That's all I have. Thanks, guys. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Um, we'll start with uh, question 17 next week. We're ending up uh, episode 44. We'll start with episode 45 next week. Thanks so much. See you then. Thank you for walking with us on this journey. Please reflect on what was discussed and apply it to your life. Share this resource with anyone you feel led to do so.